Welcome to Crop Watch Podcast, a production of Nebraska Extension. Well, good afternoon from Lincoln, and welcome to another weekly weather update and outlook. Start by taking a look at temperatures across the state, which are quite high, with the exception of the parts of Panhandle, which are still hanging in the upper 80s. Temperatures are a bit cooler today up in parts of northeastern and north central Nebraska, where they are back in the lower to mid 90s. A very, very warm day across the southeastern quadrant of the state, uh, 102 at Eagle and 103 on East Campus. So these are actually probably the warmest temperatures we have seen so far this week. Again, we just haven't quite been able to break that 100-degree threshold here across parts of the very extreme eastern part of the state. So um, Nebraska City and Plattsmouth, I believe, have actually yet to hit 100 degrees this week. Some of that is just simply a fact that there is a lot of corn there that is in fairly good shape. And dew points have been very, very high. So let's just take a look at dew points currently. So actually a little bit lower, down to the low 70s. But regardless, temperatures in that area have been a little bit lower, uh, in part because of the just insanely high humidity. Uh, elsewhere, dew points in the states are mid-50s across the Panhandle and in west-central Nebraska, lower 60s across a lot of south-central Nebraska. And we've actually mixed down into the low to mid-60s here across um, our area here, here on Lincoln, a little bit higher part, across parts of northeastern Nebraska where they are hanging in the low 70s. Again, these are probably the lowest dew points we've seen in the state since last Friday, uh, potentially even maybe going back to last Thursday when we actually still were um, quite pleasant here. So if you're wondering why it's so warm, let's just take a quick look at the what we had at 925 millibars. So again, we've had a record-setting ridge of high pressure overhead this week. Things have back down a little bit. It's starting to lose its strength, but still we have very, very warm air aloft. So 925 millibars would be um, a little above the surface, but not significantly above the surface. And at 925 millibars this morning at the Omaha, from the Omaha sounding was the temperature of 32 degrees Celsius, which would be oh, probably about 90 Fahrenheit. So at seven o'clock this morning it was already 90 Fahrenheit, a little bit aloft. You look over here toward the Quad Cities, 30 Celsius, 30 Celsius at Topeka. So again, very, very warm air across the central United States. Um, and some of that is being mixed down. Again, we're seeing very, very warm temperatures here across parts of southeastern Nebraska. We are getting better mixing. Uh, still offsetting some lower level humidity across portions of Iowa and in Illinois. Uh, if mixing is good enough, then you will start seeing temperatures exceed um, or go well over 100 in that area as well. Actually, let's take a quick look and see what temperatures are uh, across the region. And we see, again, lower 100s across portions of southeastern Nebraska. We do have a, some 100-degree readings here across eastern Iowa, and I would expect that we'll see those temperatures uh, be higher in the next uh, update, which will be coming up here in a little bit. Uh, flirting with 100 across parts of Illinois. And again, depending on how much mixing you get in this area, it will depend on upper 90s versus low 100s. Uh, much cooler in parts of Wisconsin today. Milwaukee had 100. We had 104 in um, in La Crosse, which I believe was a new record uh, for the day. It actually is probably the hottest temperature they've had in over 20 years. Uh, the most impressive I saw yesterday was 105 in Waterloo. That was the hottest temperature they've had since 1988. And I'll talk a little bit more about um, about that area in just a little bit. Uh, but it's kind of moving on what we've seen the previous four days. Again, across both the state, uh, we've hit 100 degrees between Sunday and Wednesday. Some places in the far south or southern part of the state and far northern regions were over 105. Again, it's been a brutal week for the 
in Kansas, uh, actually last Saturday, a lot of this area was over 110. So we had temperatures that were 112, 115, uh, Topeka, Manhattan, Salina, Kansas, very, very hot. Um, been a little bit cooler since then, but again, I think they've also been dealing with a little bit more humidity than they had last Saturday. So just a tremendous pressure on people, crops, and livestock. Um, so the heat we've had has also been combined with, especially earlier in the week, very high humidity, a lot of sun and lower wind speeds. The combination of those things on the cattle comfort index would lead to what we would classify as the extreme danger category. So what you're taking a look at here are the number of days in the last, so from Saturday through Wednesday, so over that five-day period, how many days were you in the extreme danger category? So a couple out here in Scotts Bluff area where you probably had a little bit higher humidity at, at times, uh, combined with very high temperatures and low wind speeds. But the majority of those observations occurred from, say, Kearney, the Missouri River and into south into northeastern Nebraska. The area where we've had the highest concentration again has been from York over to Lincoln down to Wilbur, Johnson County. So the highest absolute value for the cattle comfort index this week was 120 Fahrenheit at the Cook site in Johnson County. They also had three days in the extreme danger category. So again, we probably unfortunately have seen large loss of cattle life in this area. I'm not sure exact numbers, but uh, just given the conditions, it's been very, very, very tough. And even if you're very well prepared, sometimes there's just only so much what you can do when you have the this level of heat and humidity for this many days in a row. Again, we haven't had this many days in a row of 100 degree heat, at least in Lincoln and some other surrounding places since 1983, or at least not this many days in a row of this kind of heat this late August since 1983. And last time we had heat like this in 1983, it wasn't nearly this humid. So again, we were at that point not looking at heat indices getting above 115 every day. Well, speaking of the heat and in, heat indices, one thing that's been kind of interesting, I just the wrong figure. Uh, actually, I have the wrong figure up. What I was wanting to actually show, maybe I'll just put it up here real quick, is the heat index for Falls City, which is in the southeastern corner of the state. So as I've mentioned several times on this, on these podcasts this summer, that we really haven't actually had a lot of really hot days. So like last summer, we had a number of days that were in the 90s. We really didn't hit 100 degrees that, that many times last summer. And if you go back summers before that, we actually had a couple, three years in a row where we didn't hit 100 at all here in this part of the state. But in Falls City, that they've been had a lower number of hours with the heat index, say, in like the mid to upper 90s. What we have had a lot of this year, though, are heat indices that were 105, 110, 115. So we've had a, a much larger number of, a, a much higher number of hours in the excessive heat or heat advisory criteria. And we actually, I believe on Saturday evening, they had a heat index of 127. It was like 100 over 82 or something like that down there. So Again, just we've had a when we have had heat this summer, it's been very, very humid, and that has led to just very intense heat indices, and we've uh, kind of all suffered for that as a result. Something else I did kind of want to point out that I thought was interesting, and this kind of shows you that we've had a sort of a transition. So earlier in the summer, late spring, early summer, 
we were way we had a lot of dry air so like in may this year we had a lot of days of dew points at the 40s and 50s at times where we would normally be having dew points closer to the 60 65 range in june we would typically start having dew points in the 70s we were still having a lot of days of dew points in the 50s like we really weren't getting dew points that high until we got closer to july and we started getting some precipitation but when these last stretches of heat, we have had a higher number of days this year with dew points that were well over 70 in, in the mid to upper 70s. We have had a number of hours this year with dew points in the 80s, uh, which at the Lincoln Airport is a little bit more unusual than it is. It's maybe, say, some of the other surrounding mesonet sites that are a little bit closer to agricultural sites. So in terms of precipitation this week, again, as you would expect with a very large ridge, uh, almost no, no one in the central U.S. has had precipitation this week in the last seven days. What you're seeing over here in Illinois and Wisconsin was uh, all from last Thursday, I believe. So again, most places have not had any meaningful precipitation in the last seven days. Get to get out here in western Nebraska, western part of the Panhandle, where you actually did get some precipitation. I believe this was Tuesday night that some places did actually pick up, um, oh, half inch into precipitation. Uh, again, this area should get some uh, some precipitation in the next 24 to 48 hours, as should parts of southwestern and south central Nebraska. Our our areas over here is going to be a little bit more interesting. I'll talk about that a little bit more in a little bit. You want to point out there was one rogue thunderstorm that developed on Tuesday afternoon in southeastern McPherson County in Kansas. Didn't move very fast, but some a couple of places actually did pick up over an inch of rain and some golf ball sized hail. Uh, again, so like this is you know, like the only place in like about a 500 mile radius that picked up precipitation here in, in the last seven days. So moving on to vegetation. Our veg dry map shows again, as has kind of been the case for most of the last month or so, again, conditions are quite good across Western Nebraska. And where we are seeing the most stress has been the place where you're seeing the most stress. So Grand Island over towards Seward, down toward the Kansas border. Again, things aren't too bad here across the far Northeastern part of the state and things continue to be pretty good here across Southeastern Nebraska. And again, I think this is one of the reasons you're seeing temperatures huddle, hovering more in the mid to upper 90s, and we haven't seen the 100, 203 here. Some of that also is a factor of the elevation, just is a little bit lower there. You tend to be a little bit more difficult to actually mix in uh, the hotter, drier air as you get lower elevations. So I do want to bring up the quick dry mass. So we, we haven't been able to talk about quick dry much uh, at all this year because it wasn't available until just now. Uh, that was mostly because of a data disk outage from the sportless product that NASA Marshall Space Flight Center down here in Huntsville runs. But you'll notice here in the last four weeks, now again, this is not necessarily reflective of long-term drought. This is entirely reflective of more short-term conditions. But let's take a look and see where, where at least in the shorter term, based on reflectance indices and uh, precipitation, where things aren't too bad. Now, again, if your vegetation is in really poor shape, it is going to show up even if you have had recent moisture. So again, South Central Nebraska, where drought is quite bad and rain-fed crops are in really bad condition. Again, you know, that's showing up here as being kind of dry. But here in the very eastern part of the state where we have done fairly well and the crops are fairly healthy, it shows up as fairly average or fairly wet. Same thing here across western Iowa and getting here to across northern Missouri. And you'll see some pockets of that here in Illinois. What I think is interesting is the areas where we saw 100 degree heat yesterday here in parts of the upper Midwest, so northeastern Iowa, western Wisconsin, are also some of the same areas where it's been pretty dry 
And again, the bed dry has been quite bullish on this area being very dry. Uh, if you look at the national drought monitor, this area is in severe to extreme drought now. And I'm also, I just, I have no reason to think that you aren't really dealing with some pretty stressed vegetation and stressed crops up in this area. Temperatures do not typically get 100 degrees or certainly do not get 102 to 104 uh, in this part of the country without having quite dry surf land surface and stress vegetation. Uh, so again, I think this map is sort of interesting that the overlaying of 100 degree heat is following this fairly well. And again, I think this might this might be true again today, although, you know, the very northern fringe here in southern Minnesota, northern Iowa probably is going to be a little bit cooler today since there's getting more northerly flow is starting to cool off a little bit. Uh, but again, as we look here in Nebraska, or you looked at temperatures earlier where we're in the upper 90s, where, where we don't see these shades of orange and red, where we are over 100, eh, it tends to be where we are seeing the drier conditions as depicted by quick dry. So again, I think quick dry is a very useful product for trying to depict where we have short-term stress. And again, the worst short-term stress in the country, um, as it was this week, was Louisiana, Texas, New Mexico, where we just had a very, very hot dry uh, last six weeks. Uh, again, some of the precipitation that fell across California probably um, over last weekend wasn't isn't being reflected on here. And we are seeing the short-term dryness uh, also showing up here on quick dry. Again, pretty dry up here in spring wheat country in this part of Montana and here across the very northern part of North Dakota. Things generally in pretty good shape here in terms of corn. Uh, I would imagine you're probably looking at some very good corn yields coming out of northeastern South Dakota and southeastern North Dakota this year. Uh, probably not looking at very good yields coming out of a lot of Minnesota, though, just based on what we've been seeing on the drought monitor from VegDry and from this. In terms of soil moisture, again, we're really kind of starting to go the wrong direction with soil moisture in the state. And again, I think that's going to have to bear watching as we take a look at where we are in the drought monitor going forward. Um, so for six weeks or so, we were getting regular precipitation that was really helping recharge the top part of the profile. What we aren't really, what we, since we haven't had much precipitation here in the last 10 days, most places haven't had any precipitation for 10 days, but some parts of the state really haven't had significant precipitation at all this month, or maybe haven't had anything since the very beginning of the month. And I think we're really starting to dry out the top part of the profile. And if you consider that we never, for a lot of the state, we never really had full recharge down below, say, two and a half, three feet. Um, certainly not down to four feet in a lot of places. So we just really just don't have the reserve of moisture going in. So again, whatever moisture you have right now for your crops, if you're rain fed, that's probably what you have. And if we don't get precipitation until after Labor Day, um, you know, we're probably going to see whatever repercussions that has in terms of uh, affecting on yield. Again, I think if your corn is in pretty good shape going into this week, uh, you're probably not looking at a huge yield penalty. Penalty, but if we were fairly dry again, this is probably going to take it off quite a bit. And I am more concerned that we are really, really taking a big hit on our uh, soybean yield. Is um, most of the soybeans in the state are sending pods. We really needed that rain here in the last week or so to really kind of help fill those pods out. We aren't getting it with this heat; it's not helping. Uh, again, so let's be interested to see what we uh, what kind of numbers we get out um, from soybean. But I'm not optimistic here across a lot of Nebraska that we're going to have a a tremendous bumper crop uh, just based on the stress we had earlier this year and what we're getting now and what the ex expectations are going forward here. So as we move into the outlook portion of this uh, podcast and um, YouTube video, the forecast for the next 10 days in terms of precipitation, or at least what we're seeing is we're seeing some remnants from um, 
Tropical Storm Harold. So again, we're probably looking at very good precipitation uh, tomorrow night into Saturday across Front Range and into the High Plains. Uh, four or five days ago, it looked like that moisture was going to be funneled further east into eastern Nebraska and into Iowa, and potentially even getting into Illinois, giving you know much need to drink to some crops that are probably thirsty after this heat. Unfortunately, that doesn't look like that's going to be the case. I think what will be interesting as we get into the day tomorrow is we have a frontal boundary that will be pushing into our area. So again, the, the northern part of Nebraska tomorrow should be much cooler, uh, look for highs in the mid to upper 80s. Unfortunately, I think here in southwestern Iowa and certainly into southeastern Nebraska, south central Nebraska, I think we're looking at probably getting uh, at least in the low 90s and some places are probably going to be looking at getting at least a 95, 96 tomorrow. It'll be interesting, though, with the boundary in place and those hotter temperatures, those hotter temperatures tomorrow are more likely to lead to robust thunderstorm development than they are today. Today, there's just way too much of a cap uh, in terms of warm air aloft. I think we'd have probably had to had to get to about 100, 809 degrees to really start seeing any thunderstorm development in our area today. And I don't think we're going to get that hot, even though 106 seems fairly probable in some places that were 100, 304 in the last hour. Um Again, but with that boundary in place tomorrow, that may help initiate some extra thunderstorm development that isn't being captured by uh, the European model or the GFS. So again, these um, uh, global models are more parameterized. They don't do convection as well as, say, the shorter term model. So again, there's a chance that we could actually have some decent thunderstorm activity in the I-80 corridor where we aren't seeing any precipitation being depicted here by the European model. A best wishful thinking on my part. But again, that is a that is an opportunity for some precipitation. Uh, but again, after tomorrow, um, just based on what I'm seeing in recent model trends, I'm not particularly optimistic on rainfall anywhere in um, eastern Nebraska for the next week. And I'm suspicious that this is just a dry pattern that's going to stick with us as we get into um, early and maybe even possibly to mid-September. So latest 8 to 14 day precipitation outlook from the CPC is uh, showing some uh, above, chances for above average precipitation here in the Panhandle. Again, I think we're, what we're going to see is a reestablishment of a ridge across the central U.S. Now, again, I don't think we're looking at the excessive heat that we've had this week, uh, but what I do think we are headed for is a stretch of drier weather here across the a lot of the Corn Belt and into the Central Plains, and I do think we are probably headed toward a more warm regime. So again, I think we are looking at cooler temperatures as we get into this weekend. Should be fairly pleasant, particularly eastern Nebraska early next week. But as I think we get into Wednesday, Thursday next week, I would expect temperatures to be back at least in the upper 80s, if not into the low to mid-90s across most of the state. As I, could, I think was, as we head into Labor Day weekend, my expectation is for most of the state, particularly uh, the eastern two-thirds of the state, to be into the 90s. And that will probably also be the case across parts of uh, eastern South Dakota, southwestern Minnesota, and probably even to western Iowa. I do think we will be cooler in this area early next into next week. But I think we, as we get uh, into early September, I would expect to see most of the middle section of the country just being quite warm. And this is possibly a pattern that may persist through most of the month of September. Um, hopefully things will maybe break down occasionally where we can get some frontal passages to get, give us some precipitation. But I am anticipating September to be a fairly warm and dry month at this point. So finishing out today with the outlook, I want to talk a little bit about uh, some um, corn yield estimates that were produced uh, by Dr. Patricio Grassini's group in the agronomy department at UNL. Now, what they do is they take 
weather data from different weather stations across the um, Midwest and uh, Plains region. And they run it through a crop model to determine corn yield. And they kind of give you probabilities of above, below, and near average. So again, um, what I would take from this is not to say that uh, not, again, that doesn't even give you literal numbers, basically just kind of gives you a probability of above, below, or near trend. What I think it's reflecting on is just based on weather alone, uh, would you expect irrigated corn to be sort of near or below trend or above trend? And what it's basically showing is uh, probably about an average year for most of Nebraska and Kansas. Uh, Western Nebraska, where we've had more actual precipitation this year than average, and we've had uh, up until about you know a week or so ago, we haven't had a whole lot of heat out here. So we've had a pretty good season for corn production in a lot of Western Nebraska, such that there is. So those yields are likely to be above average according to um, their model. Um, Clay Center, almost no chance of above average corn. Um, some chance of below trend corn. And I think, again, um, I think as we get down to Kansas, this heat that we've had probably wasn't maybe as detrimental to corn because their corn crop was further along. They probably already uh, getting close to maturity. Um, but these this heat across parts of South Central and Southern Nebraska, where we are not as far along, has probably been somewhat detrimental. So moving on to rain-fed corn, where they uh, cover uh, the entire corn belt other than parts of South Dakota. I'm not really sure why they don't cover parts of South Dakota, but be that as it may, again, we've had a very, very good year um, for North Platte and McCook by their standards. Again, their, their yields aren't going to beat what they're getting in Illinois, uh, but by their standards, this looks looks like looks like a pretty good year. And again, just based on precipitation that we've had here um, across parts of eastern Kansas and eastern Nebraska the last six to eight weeks, um, we are looking at above-trend corn. Uh, at least that was their projection as of August 23rd. Again, I do think the heat has probably taken uh, some of the top end off the yield in our area. But again, I think whatever you had, if you were in pretty good shape going this week, I don't think it's going to, it's not going to reduce you 20%. It's probably going to take off a little bit. Uh, they are not bullish on Northeastern Nebraska being above trend. I think the conditions up there are just a little bit too dry going into uh, poly, you know, through pollination. They did start picking up more precipitation later in July and August, but it, they're according to their models, uh, that probably was somewhat harmful that they were dry into mid to late July. Uh, not bullish on Iowa having a very good year in general. Certainly not bullish on Missouri. Again, some of these places started picking up a lot more precipitation in late July, but it was too late for it to really make a big difference. Uh, they're a little bit more bullish on Illinois having a good year, although the site at Freeport, a uh, lot less so. And again, expecting kind of uh, by just judging by the weather, Indiana and Ohio. Uh, should be at or somewhat above uh, trend for the year. So again, uh, nationwide, what that would lead to, um, you know, again, I, I'm having a hard time believing that we're really going to push anything above 180 on corn this year, just based on issues that we're having in Iowa and Minnesota. Probably not the greatest crop uh, out of Nebraska this year, and certainly you're you know having um, not a great year for corn down a lot of Texas. Uh, even though their heat probably started after maybe after some of that was a pollination or getting closer to maturity. Maybe it didn't have as much of an impact on the corn as it could have if it started a bit earlier. Um, uh, but again, I think this is hopefully somewhat reflective of conditions in your in the area. And I think that about wraps up this podcast. So that ends the weekly weather update and outlook for the week ending August 24th, 2023. We'll talk to you next week. Mm -hmm.